is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night and it's time for The Racing Show, sponsored by Bresbet. On the show tonight, we've got Simon Holt from The Sporting Line. We've got former BBC commentator and race rider Richard Pittman. Graham Bradley joins us. As does Nick Schofield. And of course Colin Brown and Dave Wilson will be here with all the tips. Jamie Snowden will be here from Lambourne with his week. And we have all the news and the fixtures. So good evening and a warm welcome to The Racing Show. My name's Eddie Hopper. Let's not waste any more time and get straight into all the news from the racing media. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's racing news, which includes all the news from Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Welcome to this week's news. Our first story. Philip Hobbs is considering either the Pertomps Network final or the Paddy Powers Stayers Hurdle for Grade 1 winning Chaser Sporting John after his impressive win over Hurdles at Warwick on Saturday. Owned by J.P. McManus, Sporting John landed the Silly Isles Chase at Sandown last season but failed to complete on two subsequent starts over fences. After undergoing wind surgery in the off-season, he returned to winning ways over hurdles at Cheltenham in November and made it two wins from three starts this season when landing Saturday's Potomps qualifier off a lofty BHA handicap rating of 151. Hobbs confirmed on Sunday that Sporting John is likely to head straight to the Cheltenham Festival next, although his target has yet to be decided. He was halved in price to eight to one favourite from sixteen to one for the Potomps and shortened to sixteen to one from forty to one for the Stayers after Saturday's success. Hobbs said he's entered in the Stayers hurdle, but nothing has been discussed, and at this stage I really don't know. I'd imagine he will go straight to Cheltenham, but for which race I wouldn't know. He will jump fences again. I know his form figures aren't very good, but Richard Johnson reminded me the other day that he definitely ought to go back over fences at some stage. Regardless of where Sporting John heads, Hobbs will be represented in the Grade 1 Stayers with Time Hill, on target for the race after finishing second to chump in the long walk hurdle at Ascot last month. He goes straight for the stairs and won't run again before Cheltenham, which was always the plan, said the trainer. He's come out of Ascot really good. We just think to get him in the best condition possible, he's not a horse who wants too much racing, so he's better off going straight to Cheltenham. Time Hill is rated a general 6-1 to one chance for the Stayers hurdle with Classical Dream heading the market at 11-4 to four and Champ next at 4-1. to one. The immediate future for another of the trainer's stable stars is unclear after seven-time Grade 1 winner Deffy de Sewell ran disappointingly in Saturday's Grade 2 Sylvanialco Conti Chase at Kempton. Twice a winner at Cheltenham in March, Deffy de Sewell was beaten 71 lengths behind Mr Fisher at Kempton and Hobbs is unsure at this stage what the next step may be. 
He was very disappointing, but he seems all right now again, he said. What's going to happen from here? I don't know. And so, here on the Racing News, here's our next story. In a season where we seem to be showered with stunning displays from top-notch novices every other week, Bob Ollinger issued us with a gentle but glorious reminder that he might still be the best of the lot, just as we had predicted at the beginning of the campaign. There was a fleeting moment just as they turned for home when it looked like Capodanno was going to cause him a bit of bother. Then the turbo kicked him. It was sheer class. And it is that class which makes Bob Ollinger so good, according to Henry de Bromhead. Class? He's just got a lot of class, replied the trainer when asked what Bob Ollinger has got that others don't following his fifth straight win in the Grade 3 Kildare Novice Chase at Punchstown. The winning margin told some of the story, but perhaps the distance back to third told us more. Bob Ollinger won by four and three-quarter lengths, and there were a further 27 lengths back to the 150-rated hurdler Gaillard Dumesnil in third spot. There was not only style to this performance, but substance too. Paddy Power cut him to evens from six to four for the Turner's Novices Chase, formerly the Marsh and the JLT, while Bowl Sports go four to six. The good news... Well, the great news, in fact, is that we are likely to see him again before then at the Doubling Racing Festival, where a sumptuous showdown with Gallo fan de Champs could be on the cards in the Ladbrook's novice chase. Now, if that doesn't get you giddy, you're following the wrong sport. I'd say the Dublin Racing Festival is the plan, subject to ground, de Bromhead told us afterwards. There would want to be good ease in the ground, but that's where we're hoping to go. It seems the best option. We said we would come here after Goran and then go there. It's three weeks and that's the plan at the moment. We'll enjoy today first though. That was a savage race and Jesus, to see the performance he put in was brilliant. To see the way he jumped was brilliant too. It was indeed brilliant and boy did he need to be brilliant. Cappadano, who defied a high of 569 to 1 in running on the exchanges to win at Naz after an horrendous mistake two out, made him work hard to make it two from two over fences. He kicked for home after three out and it was going to take something a bit special to stop him. We all know by now that Bob Allinger is special though. It was a class race and I was amazed at the price he was going into it, de Bromhead added. I thought he jumped really well. He had come on a hell of a lot since Gowron, and I think the experience he got there has really stood to him. The second horse is obviously very good, and he won a handicap hurdle at the festival here in April by a long way. He was good at Naz, and the pair of them pulled a long way clear of a lot of very good horses. Thankfully, our man kept going. I'm delighted he did it. The sense of relief on de Promhead's face was palpable. I was nervous, he admitted afterwards. I'm nervous when a lot of them are running. They all have different stories, and you'd be nervous for different reasons. But yes, absolutely, he would definitely get to me. All of them do, especially those top guys or girls. Don't for one second think that Bob Ollinger has beaten nothing here. David Casey, assistant trainer to Willie Mullins, had some very nice things to say about Capodanno afterwards. Casey said... He ran a cracker. Bob Ollinger is just a very good horse, but we were delighted with the way our lad ran. 
Mark Walsh said he jumped brilliant and ran a great race. He's always showed us plenty, and without the mistake at Naz, he probably would have won by five lengths. Look at the size of him. He's a gorgeous-looking horse. He was always going to be a better chaser than Hurdler, and he reached a high level over Hurdles as well. So too did Ballymore winner Bob Ollinger, and, on this evidence, he might just be even better over fences. Now what a scary thought that is. And here's our next story here on the Racing News. You hardly thought Willie Mullins was going to let Nicky Henderson have all the fun in the Supreme, did you? More for you if you did. Mullins has farmed the Cheltenham Festival opener in recent years, chasing a record-extending eighth win in it this year, and he looks to have another ideal candidate in Dysart Dynamo if this explosive 19-length victory is anything to go by. Vortua in 2014 and Duvin in 2015 won this Grade 2 on the way to winning the Supreme, while 2016 winner Min chased home Altior at the festival. But Mikhail de Haganay in 2009 went on to win the Ballymore, and that is the conundrum for Mullins and punters now. Which route will he go? Paddy Power cut him to 7-2 third favourite for the Supreme from 12-1, to 1, but he is outright favourite with everyone, bar them, and Betfair Sportsbook for the Ballymore. And as low as 11-4 to 4 with Bet Victor. There is a champion bumper winner, Sir Gearhard, to factor in too. For much of the winter, it looked like the two best novice hurdlers in training were both based in seven barrows, but not any more. Constitution Hill and John Bomb might be good, but they will need to be brilliant to dispose of Dysart Dynamo, and Paul Townend's post-race comments suggest he is right out of the top draw. The jockey said he'd gallop out through a wall for you if you asked him. He was very good. We went a proper gallop and he jumped brilliantly. It was an impressive performance. I let him use his stride as he covers a lot of ground. His stride is so big and he does it all at ease. He's very exciting. Now, on whether the Supreme or the Ballymore would best fit, Townend said, He has loads of gears and he's not slow, but there's options there for him going forward. Willie will fit him in where he sees best. I thought it was a strong race beforehand. There were plenty in there with reputations, so it was very taking the way he did it. Mullins was not at Punchtown, but his assistant David Casey said Dysart Dynamo replicated what he had been showing him at home. He said, He was very impressive and we see that at home with him. He has a huge engine and you would have to be delighted with him. He continued, I don't know what the plan is, but you would imagine he will go straight to Cheltenham now. Paul said he did everything right for him and he had plenty left at the end. Gringo de Aubrell, who was third to stage star in the Chalo at Newbury, was best of the rest, but beaten 19 lengths, while they were a further 30 lengths back to the little Yank in third. This was a demolition job from Dysart Dynamo, still unbeaten and still hugely exciting. And our final story today here on the Racing News. Shishkin will take on fellow two-mile titan Energamine in a mouth-watering clash at Ascot next Saturday, after Nicky Henderson confirmed he would take his chance in the SBK Clarence House chase. The news has prompted the eight-year-old's odds to shorten to a general four to seven from six to four for the Grade One prize, while Energamine is a two-to-one chance.
Henderson made the decision on Saturday to head to Ascot with Shishkin after watching him work in the morning, with the race deemed the best option for his final run before the champion chase at Cheltenham. The trainer has won the Clarence House twice since it was made an open grade one, scoring with seven Barrow greats Sprinter Sacri in 2013 and Altior in 2019. Henderson said, It was such thick fog this morning that they just went past in a flash. But it really was a flash, and we're going to give it a green light. Nico was thrilled with him, and barring accidents during the week and all sorts of things that come and bite and haunt you, we're on. He was thrilled with him this morning. He will jump five fences between now and next Saturday, but his work was very, very good. He's a heck of a lot lighter than when we came to Kempton last time and is back down to last year's weight. I'd like to think we are in good shape. The Willie Mullins train in Ergamine, meanwhile, recently landed the Grade 2 Hillyway Chase at Cork, bringing his winning streak to seven, including two Grade 1 victories last season. The pair have unbeaten records stretching back to 2019, but it is Henderson's stable star who is rated higher. He achieved a racing post rating of 175 with his uncle success at last season's Cheltenham Festival and repeated it when a stylish 10-length win on his return this season. Energamine reached 174 when bounding clear on his only appearance this season at Cork. The first meeting of the pair was initially set to come in their novice chase season in the uncle at the Cheltenham Festival. It was billed as one of the races of the meeting before Energamine was ruled out days before the race due to lameness. Shishkin won easily at odds of 4-9. to nine. Shishkin did then not appear in the Tingle Creek to take on another top Mullins performer in Chacoon Poursoir. That runner finished a disappointing third with the Paul Nichols-trained Greenatine coming out on top. Henderson added... You don't intend these clashes to happen before March, but Shishkin is really well and you've got to run somewhere, and this is where we're going to go. I like the timing better than running at Newbury next month. It gives me the chance to step back and then build up to the festival. Henderson also confirmed exciting novice hurdler Jombon was on target for the Grade 2 Skybet Supreme Trial at Haydock on the same day. The J.P. McManus-owned runner has made a flawless start at seven barrows, winning all three starts under rules and making an impressive debut in graded company when landing the Howden Kennelgate Novices Hurdle at Ascot in December. The trainer said, From what I could see, he worked very well this morning, and Nico was happy. Henderson also worked Champ and Chantry House and appeared to be leaning towards the Cleave Hurdle next for Champ without completely ruling out switching back to fences. That's the probability, but he's still got both options open, said the trainer. This has been this week's Racing News with all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. Okay then, now let's check out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well there are seven races over the jumps at Ascot with a 12.35 start. Seven races over the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather poly track at 12.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Haydock with a 12.50 start. Seven races over the jumps down in the West Country at Taunton with a 12.58 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 4.30 start. 
and then switch into Sunday. Just the two meetings on Sunday. Seven races over the jumps at Lingfield with a 12.50 start. And six races over the jumps at Warwick with a 1.10 start. Now here's somebody who can tell a good story. It's ex-jockey and BBC commentator Richard Pittman. Uh, this is a funny story, Adrian. I, uh, I by that time was doing bits for the BBC and I hosted a dinner for five or six jockeys riding in the National. It was televised and we were, uh, you know, just mulling it over. Hmm. I was riding a horse who'd won six races in a row. I, you know, I can't even remember his name now, but he had green and white colours. Stan Powell owned him. Anyway, I can't even remember what was his name. But the conversation, he'd been bought specifically just before his, his, his last race for the National and uh, paid a lot of money for him. And two northern jockeys were part of this, this party. And both of them said, you won't get round. <laughs> what? You know, he'd be favourite, nearly favourite. They said, no, he won't get round. He won't get round one circuit. Yeah. He was such a... He was such a... a min, well, he used to plough through his fences, but he was winning them because he was going around some rather small tracks in the north, Catterick and places, where you could get away with that thing. So anyway, um, they offered me odds, and I took it about getting one circuit. So I made very sure that I popped him round like a hunter the first circuit. And as I jumped, the water jumped. Oh, in fact, Julian Wilson also backed me not to get round one circuit. So as I and he was doing television then, uh, as I jumped the water and went on the second circuit, I took my hand off the reins, looked up at the grandstands where I knew the television cameras were, and put my fist up as if to say, get the money ready. <laughs> and then once you've played Huntsman getting round that far, you could start playing jockeys. Yeah. Funny enough, he... he, he, he Got as far as four from home, the 27th, or was it, yeah, something like that. It's an open ditch, and he was tiring, and he put the brakes on. It was too much for him. But, you know, that, so 74 was my last national. Yep, 75, I, I was part of the commentary team. So so moving on, there, there must be numerous ones that stand out in your memory, but can, can we start at the beginning and, and, and go through a few of the more notable ones in your memory? What, as a television person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, there'd be no end of them. I mean, just being there for Red Rum, um, I, I was in the commentary team when in 76, and then 77 when he he got his third win, mm -hmm. um, which was just electric to be part of that whole thing. It, 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 oh, he was creating history. And for a horse bred to be a sprinter, winning three times, over four and a half miles, and the other time twice second. I mean, it's just amazing. So, so obviously that is imprinted in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, also, Bob Champion and Aldeniti. His his cancer was so bad, and the treatment was a uh, a new one they were trying out, and the treatment nearly killed him as much as the cancer. But for him to get back, and the horse had bad legs, and they didn't think he'd race again. For the two of them to come back. Mm. and win the race. It was a game, superb. They made a film of it called The Champions, and, and we used that, the music from the film, as a, as a build-up to the race every year. And so every year, I used to get the hair from the back of my head standing up. And the second rider was Gloucestershire-born farmer, Warwickshire, rather, um, John Thorne, who owned the stallion, the mare, 
and had bred the horse he was riding, Spartan Missile, yeah. at the age of 54. You know, to, to, that would have been a fairy story. If Bob and Alden Eaton had stayed at home, that would have been a fairy story. The race is full of them. Now, there you go. That was Richard Pittman, the ideal guest for a dinner party, for you want some stories. Richard Germain. Sweet, sweet memories you gave of me. You can't beat the memories you gave of me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. one stolen night of bliss. Yeah, memories, memories. This is what this little section of the show is all about. We are going to try over the next few weeks to resurrect some memories for you with some of the classic races over the last 30 odd years. We will replay the commentaries and then we'll get in touch with the jockeys and have a chat with them and see what they remember about the race. Um, last week we started off with the first one, which was Floyd, which we did with our own Colin Brown. And uh, as the weeks go by, we will try and tie up with the leading race that particular weekend as well, if we can. So uh, make sure you keep joining us at uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night for the racing show. And uh, roughly about halfway through the show, we will be doing our memories feature, which I hope you'll like. Three little kids for the flavour. Stir carefully through the days See how the flavour stays These are the dreams So let's catch up with the uh, race commentary of the 1996 Silly Isles Novice Chase Also Josh, he's brought down at Campton early on last season And uh, that's just about it And uh, calling them home for us, Simon Thank you, John. A rude awakening. The first three fences come very quickly for these novices, the railway fences, and the grey Senor El Petruti sets off in front from No Pain, No Gain in second. As they take the second, No Pain, No Gain slightly out to his left. Chip of the Kibbers, the inside. Campeche Bay, a horse with a bright white face in the midfield as they take the last on the far side. Oh, give us a call is down. Give us a call. And that's the three runs in a row for Give Us a Call that he's failed to complete. An inauspicious start to his chasing career. Looking back, Pat O'Keefe is sitting up in rather bemused fashion as they swing right-handed out of the back straight. So a few fallers so far today at Sandown. These fences taking a bit of jumping, as they so often do here on this grade one course. And it's Senor Elbertruti and Graham Bradley towards the inside of No Pain, No Gain, lying second under Philip Hyde, then Campesh Bay in third. Jibber the Kibber the inside, taking a keen tug as they take the next, the pond fence. Jibber the Kibber just got in a bit close, and Namuro was the last to land, last of the remaining five. Take a slight right-hand bend now, and on towards two fences up the straight, and Senor Elbertruti took it well on the inside of No Pain, No Gain, then Campesh Bay out wide at Jibber the Kibber, and back in fifth place then is Nemuro. The next fence is split into two. They take it as an open ditch on the outside on this circuit. It'll be a plain fence next time round, and all five took it pretty well, though Nemuro just pitched slightly on landing in last place. As they pass the grandstands then with a circuit to go, and it's Senor Elbertruti moving well on this fast ground, a good two and a half to three lengths clear of no pain, no gain, lying in second. 
It must then be five lengths to Campeche Bay, racing on the outside of Jibba the Kibber, and then three more lengths back to Numuro in last place. They're racing uphill, they'll soon be making a right-hand turn as we look down on them, and Senor El Batruti, the grey horse in front, purple jacket, continues to show the way. No pain, no gain, whose form is beginning to look pretty good over fences. No pain, no gain, he's in second place. His stable companion give us a call already out of this uh, contest departed early. Jibber the Kibber's moving closer now, the grey sleeve jacket on the inside of Campeche Bay and then Namuro. This downhill fence can be a tricky one, Senor Betruti over first from no pain no gain. Campeche Bay on the outside under Tony McCoy, well clear of the Jockeys Championship Tony, going a great pace and then Jibber the Kibber the inner moving nicely on a tight rein at this stage and Namuro in last place. They've got a line of seven fences down the back First is a plain one. Oh, Senor El Batruti really stood off that one, took it well. No pain, no gain in second on the outside, nearest the camera as they take another. Good jump again by the leader, Senor El Batruti, racing with plenty of enthusiasm, pricking his ears as he approaches each obstacle. The next is an open ditch, Senor El Batruti over first. No pain, no gain on the near side in second. Then Campesh Bay and Jibber the Kibber. They're both breathing down the two leaders next now. And then a gap of four lengths to Nimuro. The next is the water jump. They take it just the once in this two and a half mile Silly Isles Novices chase. Senor El Batruti, the hare and the one to catch. Out in front from no pain, no gain. The order pretty much unchanged as they pass their point of departure. Back towards these machine gun railway fences. Three in a row. And Senor El Batruti had to put himself right there. Slight mistake by Jibber the Kibber in fourth place on the inside. Over the next then, Senor Elbertruti, no pain, no gain, screwed at it in second, slightly awkward. Jibber the Kibber the inside, then Campesh Bay, the last on the far side, and Senor Elbertruti is handing out a lesson in jumping to these horses at the moment. The odds of reward, Jibber the Kibber at five to four, no pain, no gain, five to two. Numuro 11 to two, Senor Elbertruti 11 to two. He'd be a bit shorter than that in running as they swing out of the back straight. Senor Elbertruti from no pain, no gain, Jibber the Kibber the inside side then Campesh base hanging on to them Namuro can't get in a blow at the moment but will probably stay on he usually does down towards the third last the pond fence Senor Albertruti joined now on the outside by Campesh Bay between horses no pain no gain Jibber the Kibber two or three lengths back in fourth place apparently feeling the pinch and then a gap to Namuro they swing the corner two fences left to go Senor Albertruti on the inside Campesh Bay out wide no pain no gain between them a couple of them not on landing a good race in prospect they head towards the final fence Senor Elbertruti he's at game one he pulls out a bit extra going to the last Campesh Bay in second place with his big white face Senor Elbertruti a great jump at the last under Graham Bradley he's made every yard of the running and he's pulling out a bit more as they meet the rising ground Campesh Bay can he put in another bit he's trying very hard in second place but it won't be enough because Senor Elbertruti deserves it and has won it Campesh Bay in second very close for third then between Jibber the Kibber and No Pain No Gain. So the 1996 Ciliar's Novice Chase, the winner, Senor Albertrusi, and it was ridden by Yorkshireman Graham Bradley. Okay, well I'm pleased to welcome Graham Bradley to the show. Um, Graham, of course, rode Senor Albertrusi, and I'm hoping that he's got some good memories of it. Graham, what do you remember of the ride? Absolutely, he was one of my favourites. He was a very, very, very good horse. He wasn't massive. He was only about 16-1, grey horse. And he was trained by Charlie Brooks to start with. I think I won a novice hurdle with him. 
1994 winners at over two miles for Charlie Brooks. Yeah. Um, but then, then um, Gerard Knocker warned him. He took him back to his to his wife Sue, um, and she started training. And she did an absolutely brilliant job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I won a I won a novice chase at Ascot, 66 to one it was in December '95. Um, and I think then it was. Uh, look, just have a look on a piece of paper now. Third is. 3rd of February 96, stand down two and a half miles. We won the Silly Isles Novice Chase. Another two and a half miles. He was absolutely brilliant. He was a very, very, very good horse. In in a list of, of horses that you've ridden and won on over your career, you know, does he figure up near the top? I would have said he's, he's, he's nearly in one of my top ten. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, he had ten... 10 stone in the Murphy's Dole Cup at Cheltenham, 97. Jamie Osborne rode him and won it. Uh, I'm not saying thankfully, but Jamie got injured and I got the ride back on him. Mm. Um, and I won the Triple Print Dole Cup handicap chase, two mile five at Cheltenham, 97. It was good ground. We beat AP McCoy and challenged the look. Um, he was a very, 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 very good horse. Um, I think they, they ran him in the Grand National afterwards but I don't think he liked soft ground and I don't think he got the four and a half miles. Yeah. But, um, it was a real it was a real pleasure to ride him. I loved the owner, I loved the trainer. Um, I was I was very lucky he was he, he probably was in one of the top one of the top fifteen horses I ever rode. I rode some superstars in my life but um, it was a great pleasure. Well, moving on it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good morning, Dave. How are things with you today? Yeah, very well. Nice weekend last weekend and uh, a few winners there and uh, the each way ones all got in places there and Call Me Lord was about 33 to 1. He'd come third, a nice each way bet we had and uh, the nap of the weekend, Rioca, she went in one by about 10 lengths, I think, in the first race there uh, last week. So uh, we all had a very good weekend. Well, that's all right. Let's hope you have the same again this weekend then. Hopefully, we're going to have a look at Ascot's card for you, and we're going to start off with a 12.35 race, and the one we like here, let us down last time he run, and it's called Greystone. This time he's going to be ridden by Corey McGiven, who's a £10 claimer and, trace, and trained by Lucy Wadham. Uh, he's improved each run, he's had over hurdles, and he was desperately unlucky not to win last time out of Taunton. He fell at the last when he was about three or four lengths clear and uh, the horse that was behind him was called Irish Hill and went on to win the race and he's actually taking him on again. Now, obviously, there's going to be a £10 weight difference because Byron Frost was riding him when he fell. Well, he didn't actually fall. He actually jumped the hurdle and the ground gave way under his feet and he just knuckled over, which was mm. absolutely desperately unlucky. But as you say, Byron, he was on him that day and Corey McGiven's riding him this time and he's got £10 claim. So obviously Irish Hill was well beat behind him last time out, so I can't see him reversing the form. And uh, Twilight Twist, who's the favourite for the race, he beat a horse called San Rique by a length and a quarter, and previous to that, Greystone had beat it by seven lengths. So the form looks very solid, and uh, at the moment we've got no official betting on the race, but we think his tissue price is going to be around 130 so we think he'll be a good bet in the first race there at Ascot on Saturday, Greystone. Now? Ten past one race, we like the chances of a horse called Windsor Fire, going to be ridden by Adam Wedge, trained by Evan Williams. 
first time out over the chase fences, uh, he actually fell. And then next time out, he came out and he beat a horse called Cooper's Cross by length and three quarters very easily in a limited handicap. Then next time out, he, he ran third or four, which doesn't sound a very good race, and that was at Taunton, but he only got beat a length and three quarters, and he was only a short head behind the second horse there, which was called Jeremy Pass, which is one of the very up-and-coming horses in the Paul Nichols yards. And previous to that, Jeremy Pass had come out and won a nice race at Ascot, and uh, the horse that won the race was Lord Corden. He'd previously beaten Ascot Honeybee, who was placed in Class 1 company at Cheltenham over hurdles. So uh, the form is very, very strong. And Windsor Fire has priced up around about 5-1 to one with William Hills now, which gives him an option of an each-way bet there. So we'd, we'd take that with Windsor Fire in the 10 past 1. OK, fine. Moving down to the 145, we like a horse called Angolo. Uh, Kevin Brogan takes the ride, who's a £3 claimer still at the moment, and he's worth double that at least and trained by Anne Duffield now this is an ex Willie Mullins trained horse he's won class 1 grade 3 events at Navin and a couple of other good races out there for Willie Mullins before being sold to the Anne Duffield stable now Anne Duffield is uh, a wife of the ex-jockey George Duffield so uh, they certainly know what they're doing with horses there but they only have a few in at the time up at the Duffield stables now this fellow He's had one run for them, and he was fourth of nine at Haydock, and uh, the horse that finished behind him that day was called Heart of Steel, and that came out and won at Bangor next time out, and N'Golo's been dropped four pounds by the handicapper. And in the betting, he's priced up at around about 14 to one at the moment, so he's well worth having a nice each-way bet on him there. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 2.20, we like the chances of Western Victory. Going to be ridden by Thomas Bellamy and trained by Emma Lavelle. He hacked up last time out in Ireland. He won by 11 lengths at Clonmel. And three runs back previous to that, he'd won a nice Class 1 listed event by 10 lengths. So just over a month ago, he was transferred up to Emma Lavelle's stables up at Benita Racing out in Wiltshire. And uh, we expect the freshening up of this horse by moving from stables is going to have a very good effect on it. And they, she actually clashed with another one of the runners today, my sister Sarah, the Willie Mullins trained one at Galway in July. Now, they finished behind Jazzaway. Western Victory was only ahead uh, behind Jazzaway in second. And 15 lengths back behind them was my sister Sarah. Now, this one's priced up at around about 5-2 to two with uh, Bet365 at the moment. And we think it... It looks to be a very handy sort of race and looks looks well worth having a bet on it at a 5-2 to two there in the 2.20 race. OK, fine. Moving down to the 2.55, again we're going with Thomas Bellamy and Emma Lavelle and we're going with Killer Clown. Now, he won a novice chase on Boxing Day in 2020 and that was at Kempton and he beat a horse called Falco Blitz uh, about seven and a half lengths. Now, Falco Blitz came out and won one of the big races last weekend. And uh, this fellow also comes second after that in a Class 1 Grade 3 up at Newbury. He's had a slow start to this season. He had two sixth-place efforts. And then 12 days ago, he came right back to form. He won at Wing County. He won by nine and a half lengths. And he won it on the snap, as they say. He was absolutely just cruising along, didn't even get out of second gear really mm. the handicap has put him up seven pounds for it but Fable's in absolute flying form up there in uh, Wiltshire for Emma Lavelle so Killer Clown in the 255 race okay fine 
moving down to the big race of the day, the Clarence House uh, for Shiskin v Unujamin match. Now, Shiskin's won 9 out of 10, and he's only got beat when he fell on his debut over hurdles for Nicky Henderson. And the other one uh, is actually owned by Tony Bloom, who owns Brighton Town, uh, Brighton Football Club, yeah. and trained by Willie Mullins. So it's a bit of a England v Ireland and a bit of Brighton thrown in the middle. It's uh, one of them strange ones. Yeah. Uh, these are the two best two-mile chases around, and it's going to be an absolute fantastic race. Shishkin's priced up at four to six at the moment, and the other fellas obviously odds against. Mm. And uh, I think Shishkin's just going to have his measure in this, and uh, it'll be nice to see him have a very good race and uh, obviously re-oppose each other when it comes to the Cheltenham Festival up in March. What you don't want to see is one of them 20 lengths behind the other one or something goes wrong in the race and... Uh, Something like that. I think it's a very, very good race, and uh, we shall have to see how it gets on. But that's Clarence House, and we're going to side up with Shishkin there. Shishkin, right, okay. Shishkin. Moving down to the 405, the yeah. last race on the card. Uh, last Saturday, as we said, we had a very nice bet on a horse called Rioja. Now, he absolutely hacked up. He won by 10 lengths or something last weekend. Now, complete unknown who we like in this race going to be ridden by Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols is uh, a horse that finished two lengths behind Rioja at Chepstow the run before now when you add in some other form as well with horses like Unanswered Prayers and Bruce Stello who complete unknown was third to very very close up to the pair of them and uh, Unanswered Prayers come out and beat Fleming's Tide at Wincanton last week and the form is very very top quality form and we think complete unknown stands out in this race of 405 there. Uh, paper price only at the moment is 3-1, to one, but it's going to be our nap bet of the weekend, as long as it's not under the 2-1 to one sort of mark. But that's what we're going to be looking for. But as you say, you've got form lines of Rioja, who come out and hacked up last week. You've got unanswered prayers, who beat Fleming's Tide at Wincant and in a in a very, very good race there. And you've got Blue Stello thrown into the mix, so it's... Uh, a lot of good form in that race there and uh, complete unknown stands out for me on paper. Excellent. Righty-ho. Uh, one that we like on Sunday that we're going to give a, a little shout-out to. It's 12.50 at Lingfield. It's a National Hunt flat race. And there's a horse that's in there called Estacas. It's going to be ridden by Jamie Moore and it's trained by Andreas Holler, who's a German. And he trains out in Germany primarily. Now, this horse is bred out of... Galileo, and it's out of a dam that's uh, well related in, and she's her, her sire is El Gran Senor. So you've got some of the best quality flat form in this horse, mm. Estikas, and he'd he, he come over at Ascot and he, he, he trotted up basically. And uh, the second in that race has come out and won by 11 lengths, and the, the horse that was fourth that day, Firestream, that come out and hacked up at Exeter in a week, and that won by 11 lengths as well. Now, the half-brother to Esther Cass, he's a three-times grade one, class one winner in the flat, so it just goes to show the quality of this horse, and how he's slipping into a national hunt flat race, I personally don't really know. I would imagine... If the bookmakers look at his form and look at his breeding and look who he's related to and everything else, he should be about a one to two shot. But I've got a funny feeling he's going to come up a nice price. Uh, we'll have to keep a lookout for him on Sunday in the 1250 Estacas. Right. So he's going to be the one that we look out there. 
it's an interesting meeting at Lincoln, isn't it? I mean, there's, uh, not Lincoln, Lingfield, in that uh, there's an awful lot of prize money up uh, for grabs this week, isn't there? Yeah, we've got the three fixtures on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and obviously the National Hunt taking uh, a Friday and the Sunday and the Flat Boys there on uh, the Saturday with uh, Winter Oaks trial on now. So I think it's, it's just over a million pound in prize money for the three days. So it's mm-hmm. very, very good. So uh, we'll have to see how things go there. Yeah. In, uh, on the Saturday, we've got uh, one of our horses that we've got some small shares in. I think we own its toe now. Uh, Viola, she's in the uh, Winter Oaks trial there. And she's got a good each way chance there. So uh, we'll be having a and a little look at that, but it's a very unusual time of year for us to be looking at our flat horses. But she's there, she's in the race, and she's going to have a good chance of uh, getting into it. So uh, we should have to have a look. But no, it's great incentive. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Let's hope he's got a few winners for us again this week. And now we're going to move on and catch up with uh, Jamie Snowden. A very happy Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Well, evening, Jamie. Um, a good afternoon, I gather. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, lovely afternoon. We... Um... We had uh, uh, Hogan's Heights winning winning again. He's a, a, a been a legend for us. He's eleven years old. Yeah. Um, and he he's, he won a seventh race today. Um, and he hasn't won for a couple of years, so it was, it was lovely to see him see him winning again. Absolutely. What um, what was the race then? It was the first Hunter Chase of the season. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the one you had in. Um, what it was a long distance race. And I can't think which one it was. Fairly recently. Uh, the Grand National. Yeah, it must have been, I suppose, but it seems a long time ago since the Grand National. I was thinking. Yeah, of... he was. He was twelfth in the Grand National last yeah. season. Yeah. So he's been a he's been a, a absolute legend. He's taken us to many big places, many big days, but yeah. um, he hadn't won for a couple of years. So it's nice to see him winning again. And Gavin wasn't on board today. No, it was an amateur. It was an amateur race. It oh, was right. a, a hunt. So um, Gina Andrews Road and our, our amateur, unfortunately. He's, um, a bit bashed up. He had a fall at the weekend, so he couldn't ride. But Gina, Gina Andrews stepped in, and um, yeah. she, she gave him a lovely. But you, you look generally as though you've been a little bit quiet over the last week or so. Not many runners. No, um, a, a lot of flu, flu, flu vaccinations. So, oh, um, right, yeah. no, I, I think that was our third third winner from from eight starts in the last two weeks. So, not 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 many runners. But thankfully, uh, because obviously we we flu back them all and whatever. But thankfully. Uh, the ones that are that we have run have, have all done really well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, five out of what did you say? Three three out of eight. That's not a bad uh, win ratio, is it? Exactly. So no, long may the luck continue. Yeah, absolutely. And over the weekend, you've got quite a few lined up. I see. I don't know how many are going to actually run. Um, we're we're going to run. We're we're running one tomorrow in in the uh, so Arc, um, the Arena Racing Company are putting on a. A million pound weekend at Lingfield, Friday, right. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Jumping there Friday and Sunday, and flat racing there on Saturday. We've got we've got um, Legends Ride running tomorrow in a forty five thousand pound Mayor's Novice Handicap Chase. That'd be worth um, winning. Yeah, it would. Yeah, definitely, definitely be worth winning. Yeah. And uh, and then we've got um, we've got five on Saturday. We've got Hardy Desoy running in a Grade Two. Anything for Love running in a Grade Two. Um, Thomas McDonough and Cornicello running in a couple of handicaps, and then Exadella in the Surrey National at uh, Lingfield on Sunday. Oh, well, so a busy weekend then, for sure. Busy weekend, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, I can only do is wish you all the best for the weekend, Jamie, and uh, 
we will talk to you again next week as usual when hopefully we'll be reporting on another load of £45,000 winners. Well, that would be very nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. Good. So which one would you reckon is the best one to back then out of, out of all the runners you've got? Uh, out of all of our runners over the weekend? Yeah. Um, uh, where... They've all got chances. They've all got chances. They've all got chances. Um, which would you have your £2.50 on? Um, put your £2.50 on Corny Cello in the 133 at Taunton on Saturday. Right, yeah. Nice and local as well. Nice and local. Yeah. I'll be up at it. Okay, Jamie. Well, I'll look forward to talking to you next week when uh, I can uh, you know, buy you a metaphoric drink over the phone or something when, when I've won my £2.50. You're so generous, Aby. Thank I you. I know. My, it's only overtaken by my personal charm and looks, really, you know. <clears throat> <laughs> Have a good weekend, well, right. anyway. Cheers, Eddie. Take care. All the so, best. Well, a very happy Jamie Snowden there after Hogan Heights won. Uh, now it's time to catch up with Nick Schofield. Okay, Nick, good evening. Thanks for coming on the show, as usual. Um, I want to tell you a story, and I'm not Max Bygraves okay. either. Um, a while ago, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, somebody gave me a tip for a horse, and uh, I duly backed it because I'm a bit of a mug like that, and I always do. Anyway, this particular horse won very well, about nine to two, I think it was. And then it ran again, and a certain Nick Schofield was on top this time, so even more so I backed it this time because I had two reasons to back it. And it ran and it won. Now, uh, you know what I'm talking about, obviously Staghorn. Um, tell me, you know, what was it like to ride it? Because it looked a very impressive win to me. Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely little horse. He's not the biggest and um, he did really well on the flat, you know, running at Royal Ascot and yeah. some real high paces and got some real high ratings. and. Not always when they um, go hurting, they, they take to, um, you know, they take to the jumping. But this 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 little horse has, and um, yeah, no, I was grateful to pick up the ride, and it was a nice Grade Two race to win on him. I mean, can you can you see big things in the future for him? I mean, Cheltenham in in the offing, do you think, or what? Yeah, he, he'll run at Cheltenham next um, in the two mile seven, I'd imagine. Yeah, and then he'll go to Aintree after that, but. You know, he's still young. He's still sort of learning on the job, but he's very tough. And the more you ask him, the more he gives. So um, mm. he jumped really well at Warwick on Saturday against, you know, more experienced rivals. And um, I felt he handled it, you know, really yeah. well. And he, on he only had the one run. And to go and do that on his, to win a great two on your second run, you know, is is a big ask, really. And he, he truly did it. And so that he has a big heart and a big attitude. At any time, did you feel that uh, they were going to catch you or not? I went quite fast in front. Um, he's a, he does enjoy being in the front and he stays really well. And I, I was going, the ground conditions were quite testing that day. So um, I was asking him some big questions, but he, he just kept answering them. So I, I kept asking them, as it were, and um, yeah. he, he, kept, he kept pulling out and, um, yeah, and it was, a, you know, he beat some really good horses and, um I'm sure he'll do nothing to improve for that run because his hurdling will get even better. And, um, you know, he's, he's still a really not, it was only his second run. And to win a grade two on your second run, it's not always, always the case. So, um, ah. you know, you know, well done to the horse. Only drawback now is he's not going to be nine to two next time, is he? <laughs> he might well be because I'm sure the Irish have a big dominance in Cheltenham. So, yeah. um, 
Do you he, think, might, he might be a bigger price. Do you think that'll be his next port of call, or do you think he'll have another race between now and Cheltenham? There was there, there is a race at Haydock he could possibly run in, but I'd imagine he would probably go right there. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, I will have to keep my eyes open on the papers anyway. But apart from Staghorn, um, what sort of a sort of week or so have you had? Yeah, it's been a busy week. Um, the ground's a bit in and out at the moment because of the, the frost and the yeah. It's, it's sort of not everyone's cup of tea, so there hasn't been loads of runners. But um, yeah, I've been busy roading every day and not not the results we'd hope. But yeah, off to uh, market raising on Friday. Um, two nice rides at market raising listed. Uh, nice mares race for Harry Fry. Won his only start at Plumpton. Needs to sort of. Re, you know, up his game for the next race, but it's a really nice mare, and I'm sure she will. A nice mare by Shantu, and then a nice uh, handicapper, Flory Knox for Alistair Ralph. Would need a career best probably to win, but we'll give it a go. Yeah. And Saturday, exciting. Papatango Charlie goes in the Grade Two at Haydock. It's a very competitive field. The sixth lineup, but um, he's done nothing but improve recently, and uh, he's won his last two starts and deserves his crack at graded company and hopefully um, I'm really looking forward to riding. Good, uh, well, the ground's a bit soft, softer than ideal but hopefully he has a big chance. Good, so a pretty busy weekend coming up, that's for sure then. And then what about yeah. the next week? Fairly busy as well, I take it. Yeah, we've got a day off Monday but then yeah, we Tuesday went to stay on. But, so a day off? We'll you can't busy. have a day off, Nick. You're, not, you're a jockey, you're not supposed to have days <laughs> off. Dear me, know, yeah. what's the world coming to? Yeah. Enjoy it, mate. Enjoy it. Make the best of it. <laughs> anyway, look, thanks for coming on, Nick, and uh, thanks for doing the business on Staghorn. I should be watching again for him to come out. No, thank you very much. Okay. Well, that was Nick Schofield. A busy weekend coming up for him. And uh, we're very lucky to have Simon Holt from the Sporting Live on to give us a few tips for Ascot this weekend. Well, good morning, Simon. Glad to have you back on the show again. And uh, quite a big weekend with the Clarence House at. Uh, Ascot this weekend. Yes, it certainly is, uh, AD, and um, it's a, a, a clash to savour, I would say, between Shishkin and Energumen, who are both leading contenders for the Queen Mother Champion Chase at the Cheltenham Festival. And um, there were a few cynics who thought that uh, one of them might drop out before this race uh, on Saturday. But uh, no, they're, they're turning up. Willie Mullins is sending over Energumen from Ireland. And Shishkin, who made a, a really impressive uh, comeback at Kempton over Christmas, he's standing his ground as well. And last year's winner, First Flow, is in the race. He's a horse that uh, uh, seems to love Ascot, goes very well around Ascot, and uh, won the Peterborough Chase at Huntington in early December. And Amula Gold, who's a bit of an Ascot specialist as well, but uh, he's also in the field, but um, he's a 101 to 1 chance in this, in this class. But uh, it's all about, really, the clash between these two very smart horses. I mean, Shishkin was a, a brilliant novice uh, uh, hurdler and uh, last season over fences as well, winning the Arkle at the uh, Cheltenham Festival and then went on to win at Aintree and then reappeared to slam Grenatine, the Tingle Creek winner, at uh, Kempton over Christmas in the uh, Desert Orchid Chase. So he's come back in really good form uh, despite having to miss the Tingle Creek at the beginning of December. And Energomen is unbeaten uh, over uh, fences. He's, uh, he boasts uh, five straight wins, including a couple of grade ones. Uh, he won at uh, Punchestown in the spring in the Ryanair novices chase, uh, slamming Janadil, who's a pretty good uh, yardstick, 
by 6D lengths in an absolute canter. And, you know, he's been a, an extremely exciting-looking horse. So it's a real uh, difficult one to choose which horse is going to come up on top. I suppose there'll be plenty of home support at Ascot for Shishkin, and the bookmakers make him the odds-on favourite, with a Nergamen available at around 7-4, to four, first flow at 10-1, to one, and 100-1, to one, as I say, about a Moolah Gold. So a fascinating race. Probably not a race for me to have a bet in. I'd just like to see which one was, which one's going to come out on top. It would be very exciting, I think. Yeah, but it's, it's disappointing, though, when you look at the prize money, 85 grand, and there's yeah. only four runners. I mean, do you think Shishkin and, and, and Ergamen are, uh, are basically frightening everybody else away? Well, there's very few horses that have their sort of level of form. And I'm, I'm sure that Dan Skelton has put a Moolah Gold in there just in case there were any mishaps or at least that the horse is going to pick up a little bit of prize money. Yeah. I don't think you can really expect a massive field when you've got two horses who are rated so highly and are so far ahead of so many of their contemporaries. Uh, and you tend to get smallish fields in these conditions chases. And it's one of the things that's come up in the jumps review this year that maybe some of these races should become handicaps or limited handicaps with a, a narrow weight band and a weight range. And um, this this race, in fact, the Clarence House used to be a handicap. And, of course, most famously, Desert Orchid uh, gave a huge amount of weight to um, um, that, that good horse, uh, um, who I've forgotten his name now, Panto Prince. How can I forget Panto Prince? And that was just one of the most remarkable performances in Desert Orchid's career, and he was giving the weight away in this race. So it, who knows? It might just go back to being a handicap if this, um, if the wishes and um, the conclusions of this um, jumps review come to fruition. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, well, let's hope so anyway. But, but I mean, I would have thought the prize money must be fairly good, sort of, you know, I don't know how far they go. Well, in this case, I guess they'll only go to fourth place because there's only four runners. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, just just a thought, just a thought. Well, it's a it's it's a fantastic race. I don't personally believe you need a big field for to have a, a classic race, and uh, particularly when the horses are this good. Yeah. And as I say, you know, the top of the pyramid in in racing where you you have a lot less really good horses than you do bad horses there's a lot of bad horses at the thicker end of the pyramid down at the bottom yeah and just at the top there aren't that many that stand out so there wouldn't be too many trainers that that eager to take on these these two horses when their horse hasn't really got much much chance of winning and there are probably other alternative races to go for yeah yeah quite quite so what else have you got for us this weekend then uh simon well, it's a it's a good card at Ascot, and um, there's a, there's a few horses I think are quite interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a there's a strong handicap hurdle, the SBK Holloway's handicap hurdle over two miles and three furlongs, and I I quite like the look of Philip Hobbs's horse Stella Magic, who ran an ex- excellent race at uh, Haydock on his first run of the season, when just worn down by uh, up for parole, and um, and um, he. Uh, would would probably just come on a bit for that run because he hadn't run since February, and I thought he battled on tremendously well. And up for up for parole has run well since in the Lanzarote uh, hurdle at uh, Kempton, not disgraced at all uh, in a really competitive race. And uh, Stella Magic is only lightly raced, you know, so um, yeah. I think he's open to further improvement. So he's one on my short list tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Cobra Lobo 
in the earlier chase. He was second in this race last year behind a horse called On Card, who won the Tommy Whittle at Haydock earlier in the season. And um, he's very well handicapped, Kobaloba. But he's not a horse that you can really rely on 100%. But if he runs the same race he did last year in this race, he's very well handicapped. He's down about eight pounds. Uh, could be a, could be a decent price. And then a little bit later on, there's a, another good handicap chase uh, in which Fanyan Destreville visited to defy 11 stone 12 top weight. Uh, Lucy Turner takes off seven pounds, so sets a little bit of that weight and also the rise that Fanyan Destreville took after winning at Newbury last time out. It's a horse with a bit of class. Actually ran in the Clarence House last year, went fourth behind first flow, and this is obviously a, a notch down in class. But I think he's a horse who will go back into graded company pretty soon. And although there are several recent winners in the race, like Palmer's Hill and Killer Clown, uh, who won the other day, and uh, also Golden Whiskey. I think Fanny and Destravel could just have a little bit of a class edge in that race. I, I hope so. Lucy Turner, who rides, as I say, for Venetia Williams, she's uh, ridden four winners from just eight rides for Venetia Williams this season. So mm, she's yeah. pretty capable and great value for the £7 allowance. Yeah, impressive figures, aren't they? Very much so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, of course, the Venetia Williams team having a, a really great season, a great midwinter, as they often do when when the ground is on the soft side. Yeah, quite. So some good racing at uh, Ascot tomorrow and, uh, of course, the Clarence House, something to uh, really look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And then on Sunday, we've got um, the third and final day of the Winter Million, the new Winter Million um, three-day meeting. And uh, it's back over jumps on uh, on Sunday. And uh, the declarations are through for those races, and we've got some uh, pretty decent horses turning up. There's a, a novice hurdle in which a horse called Bally Griffin Cottage, trained by Dan Skelton, shaped very well at Cheltenham, first time out over hurdles. He's likely to be a favourite. There's a novice chase. Skelton has a horse called Favoir in that, but up against the likes of Warlord and Il Rodoto, trained by Paul Nichols. And then there's a conditions hurdle, which looks quite tight, in fact, with brewing up a storm and Darba Star coming over from Ireland. And Goshen, the horse that was so unlucky not to win the Triumph Hurdle at Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago, going for very much in form Gary Moore with Jamie Moore yeah. in the saddle. And then there's £150,000 up, up for grabs in a conditions chase, the Fleur de Lis chase. And uh, I'm sure you'll, you like this horse, Dak. Drasher yeah. amongst the declared runners there and he's a fantastic character isn't he very yeah. tough very genuine consistent and he's back over fences having won in a handicap hurdle at Newbury last time he's up against master Tommy Tucker for the Nichols team itchy feet for Ollie Murphy two for gold for Kim Bailey and the old stager Bristol DeMay mm. now an 11 year old but uh, multiple winner of the Betfair chase and has had a fantastic career so a great deal to look forward to at Lingfield on Sunday yeah absolutely so all in all not a bad weekend's racing then yeah I think so something to uh, you know it's a it's a bit cold outside at the moment so uh, um, I shall certainly be watching some of it um, yeah. I, I've got to go to Wolverhampton tomorrow night right. and um, and uh, uh, other than that I shall try and watch all the best jumping action over the next uh, two or three days have you seen, um, you know, I mean, I know Cheltenham's, what, two months away, roughly. Um, have you seen any sort of real standout ones that you think are, you know, 
almost nailed on at this particular stage of the season? I think it's early to say nailed on. I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk about Bob Ollinger, who, of course, was so impressive at the festival last year. He's won both the starts over the fences. He's going to be a, a very strong contender, uh, probably for the two-and-a-half-mile novice chase, uh, perhaps the three, I don't know. And, of course, um, one of the highlights is going to be right at the beginning of the meeting with the two uh, Nicky Henderson-trained novices, Constitution Hill, and John Bond likely to clash in that and up against the uh, top Irish uh, novice year. And, um, you know, then, of course, uh, you've got the Gold Cup, which has a slightly open look with um, Aplutard still probably the just about the leading contender despite being beaten at uh, Leperstown over Christmas. That's quite wide open, and I think it could be an interesting race. A few horses in that uh, have been a, like Manella Indo, last year's Gold Cup winner. He was very below par, wasn't he, in the King George? But yeah. he could bounce back. He loves Cheltenham, and he seems to come to hand in the spring. And, of course, um, my powers at uh, uh, Colin Tizard's are lost in translation. I think they're, they're still hoping he's going to come back and become a, a Gold Cup winner, but... Um... I don't know, time will tell, I guess. Yes, there seems to be uh, something not quite right with him. He did come back well, didn't he, earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. He's the most gorgeous horse mm. who ran so well in the Gold Cup, didn't he? Yeah. A couple of seasons yeah, back. He but uh, he, he's just struggled for form generally. Yeah. Just flashes of form, but not much consistency. No, and, that's right. Uh, I hope they find the key to him, what might be ailing him. I, mm. I don't know. It's... Um, it's been one of the disappointments, really, of the last uh, season yeah. or so, because uh, he just looked a fantastic horse, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. OK, then, Simon, well, thank you very much for your, your input. Um, I'm hoping that there's a few winners for our listeners there. Um, but we've got, we've got uh, the cheeky chappy Colin Brown coming on with his... Uh, his ideas of oh, winners, he's... so that should be an interesting exercise. <laughs> he's a much better judge than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know I so much. I, I think <laughs> if it comes to a competition, you'd beat him hands down, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too kind. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I think the answer is that everybody, whether you're betting or tipping, you just have your moments, don't you? You have your yeah. the winning runs where they seem to jump off the page at you. Yeah. And then you have your losing runs where you just don't fancy anything. And every, everything you do fancy just runs like a drain. So <laughs> that's the way it is, you know. Well, I must admit, I haven't had many bets. I'll tell you one horse that I, I, I like, which, um, uh, you know, Nick Schofield comes on the show regularly. Uh, and that yeah. is Staghound that won last weekend for yeah. him. Um, yeah, that's twice that's one now I like the look of that I think he's got a good chance for Cheltenham well you wouldn't discount him he was a pretty good stare on the flat Yeah, and he's taken well to hurdling and the one thing about this horse is on the flat he just kept galloping and he's shown the same sort of quality over hurdle as well there seems to be no bottom to him he just keeps on going and he's an out and out stayer he's very stoutly bred in fact particularly mm. on the dam side. His dam was a, a, a long-distance horse on the flat yeah. and has bred similar types. And he's by Golden Horn, the derby winner. And um, 
a lot of the golden horns really want a trip. So he's got stamina in spades. And, uh, yeah, he could well be an interesting runner at the festival. I agree with you. OK, then. Well, as I say, um, Simon, we'll, we'll look forward to catching up with you uh, in the next two weeks or so. And uh, in the meantime, thank you for coming on today. Not at all. Now it's time to catch up with the globe-trotting Colin Brown. Back from Sweden, back to the UK, where it's not quite so cold. Well, good morning, Colin. Back in the UK, not so cold as it was in Sweden. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Actually, it has been blooming cold, AD, yeah? It mm. ha- well, it's not so cold you'd think, but I tell you what, trouble is here, it's a damp cold. And, a, you know, you had a southwesterly wind blowing this morning. I went for a walk for about 10k with the dogs. Mm. And um, it was frosty. There were a lot of deer about, but it was quite chilly. Whereas mm. out in Sweden, it's a dry cold. Yeah. So, um, but there we go. Anyway, yeah, back in the UK and um, looking forward to the weekend's racing. Some fantastic racing business. There really is. And I've got a few winners for you, hopefully, at every meeting that we cover. And so I think we'll start at Taunton, if that's OK with you. Yep. Go to Haydock. Then we'll go to Lingfield. Then we'll go to Ascot. Is that OK, Aidy? That's absolutely fine with me, Colin. Superb. Right. First race, Taunton. Dead easy. 12.58, I'm going to give you the first winner. It's called Charlie's Glance. It's a winner at Newbury of a national flat race. Then it was ninth to Napper's Hill and a good bumper at Haydock before. After that, it was fourth to John Bond on its hurdles debut. And then it was third to Lidford last time at Market Raisin. Market Raisin, funny old track, actually. And um, I was surprised it was beaten there, but it was. But um, probably by not a bad horse, Lidford. Um, and I think this will win the first tomorrow uh, on Saturday, and that is Charlie's Glance in the 12.58. Right. Right, on to the 1.33. And this is a competitive little race, so you have to say. Um, what wins it? I'm just looking down through to give you the, win- <coughs> the winner. And here we go. It's called Cornicello. Uh, your trainer, of course, um, Jamie Snowden. And this one was second last time out. Beaten uh, 21 lengths by a horse called York Sea. But York Sea, I think, is pretty useful. It's got some smart entries from the Gary Moore yard. And uh, Cornicello, I think, will improve. You've got Jack Tudor claiming three. Brings this horse's weight down a 10 stone. Um, it's novice. It's only a four-year-old, you see just a four-year-old because horses birthdays are on the first of um or on the you know on the first of january so cornicello i'll go along with you there at taunton in the 133 jamie stoney had a nice winner i was at ludlow on thursday not a place i go very often but he had a nice winner there and uh well done to him okay. right uh, let's move on through i don't fancy anything in the 208 at Taunton. Um, and then we move through to the next race on the card. It's quite difficult. There's an interesting racing here, but it's uh, it's um, it's a track that's sometimes a little bit, um, you know, you need a horse that really is suited by it. And I think actually in the 243, I think the Russian Doyen could win this. Now, he was useful a couple of years ago. He's a course and distance winner, trained by Jeremy Scott, whose horse is in good form. And this was second at Newby to Gaelic Geordie last time. I think I tipped him up each way. And um, 
I wouldn't put anybody off back in him each way. Uh, he's a horse, as uh, I think he's sort of coming back to himself. He's dropped in the handicap a little bit. And um, Gaelic Geordie wasn't disgraced when third in a good race at Newcastle next time. So the Russian Doyoon in the 243 at Taunton. Interesting race that. I see that there's two horses there, Master Debonair, uh, number five, and the, yeah. Rus the Russian Doyoon, both ex-Colin Tizard horses. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Mm. Colin will be looking in the paper, looking at those. Yeah. What happens is if you're a trainer and, and, and some owners move one, or if you're a jockey and you've been jocked off it, you're hoping in the nicest way that it's going to get beaten. Yeah. And you yeah. tell all, you tell all your friends it's an absolute certainty and all the ones that you're unlucky in telling, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Joe blogs up the road always yeah. trying to get a winner from you and you think, Do you know, I never give him a winner, I'm always unlucky. You make sure you give that one to him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's true. It is absolutely true. So if you're a trainer or a jockey, that's the sort of thing you blim and do. Yeah, it is it is very, very funny. I wish I'd uh, mentioned right, we'll it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, right. Um, we, we mentioned Charlie just now. I'm going to go for um, maybe another Charlie here called Papa Tango Charlie. Runs in the 1250 at Haydock Park. Oh, man. Um, he, 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 you shoot off up country. Without, I've gone he, from Taunton. I've gone from Taunton to yeah. Haydock now for the first race. All right. It's you can't fine, keep yeah. up, I suppose. No, we'll I have can't. to get another presenter on this programme, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> okay, so... Someone a bit more switched on. Yeah, come on. What, go, what, what race are you going to go yeah, on? Okay, 1250. 1250 at Haydock. 1250 at Haydock. There's a horse called, um, yeah, Papa Charlie. Hacked up the last three times. Um, is he good enough to win? Will he be... Shake him up, Harry. Who owns that? Do you know? In the I'm white, red, and was, claret colours. Uh, I'm guessing it could be Harry Redknapp. Red and claret colours. Shake him up, Harry. Now, that is the horse I'm going to go for. And I think that's the forecast. The two I've mentioned there. Um, Papa Tango Charlie. Shake him up, Harry. That's the result. I'm going to go shake him up, Harry. Uh, to beat Papa Tango Charlie. I tell you for white because I'm after, not after Harry, but I've got a nice invitation for Harry, and I'm going to text him in a minute, Harry Redknapp, right. and uh, give him a, give him a little invitation that he'll quite enjoy. I think. Okay. Um, so there we go. Uh, you think I'm showing off, don't you? But no, I'm not. Um, shake him up, Harry, to beat Papa, Papa Tango Charlie. Right, right onto the 150 race now. A good friend of mine runs a very nice horse. There here. isn't a 150 uh, race. 125. That's better. That's better. Right. Good job. You're sharp now. Yeah, I've sharpened you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In in our second race here, the Skybet Supreme Trial, Rossington Novices Hurdle, there's two very good... Well, I think they're all good horses that are running in the race. But ratings-wise, if it were a handicap, where are we? Six, four, five. If it were a handicap, John Bond would be given five pounds to a horse called Might I. Mm. Uh, they he, he only gets the five pounds, but John Bond is supposed to be very, very useful from the Henderson Yard. And they bet four to nine, meaning stick on 90 pounds and win 40. Well, it's not a bad bet if it wins. Um, but I'd like to see Might I beat him to be honest. He's owned by a great mate of mine, and he was second to Constitution Hill the other day. Now, Constitution Hill is an outstanding horse. 
um, that they think will win at Cheltenham. In fact, he might get an entry in the, in the um, champion hurdle, but I hope he doesn't run him in the champion. He's more of a novice, you know, one of those novice uh, horses, really, I think. Um, but my tie was second. He probably hit the front a little bit too soon. Wasn't affluent at the last. So he could win my tie. I'm hoping he could win my tie. But whether he will or not, I'm not sure. We shall see. But um, it's between John Bond and my tie. You could back my tie with that, the favourite. Or you could do a reverse forecast. You could back them both if you like, because my eye is about five to one. But they're the two I fancy at Adolf in the 125. It's uh, it's good old racing up there, to be honest. Um, and there's a couple of short-priced horses. Tommy's Oscar runs in the Unidet hurdle. That's the two o'clock. Um, the 235 is an interesting race. This is a race that I won on a horse called Coombs Ditch many years ago, bred and endorsed by the Tories. And uh, I, I, this horse didn't want to be in front too soon. And I sat on him, sat on him, sat on him, sat on him over the last. Got upside Richard Ray. He looked across at me and he called me a few names because he could see that I was cantering. He thought he'd absolutely hacked it. And <laughs> I just gave him a squeeze and off he went. But um, what wins it this year, the Peter Marshall? I mean, it's a grade limited chase, grade two chase. Um, Royal Pagal is a horse that's really improved. We're second to Aplutar here a few weeks ago. But he's a horse that um, could win this. He won it last year off a rating of 156. Um, and he runs today off 163. I think Royal Pagal will win again. Right. We are going to move on to... Where are we going to go? I think we're going to go to Ling, Lingfield Park. Okay. So Lingfield Park, do you know what? They've chucked a lot of prize money at Lingfield Park, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Uh, yeah. Awful and we've got jump racing on the Friday, and then there's flat racing on the Saturday, and then there's jump racing on the Sunday. But mm. I tell you what, they need to be a little bit um, careful because with the weather this weekend, we've been really forecasting serious frost. So with the ground getting chopped up on Friday, the ground on Sunday, then he's covering up, but it'll be. A lot of it would be open. So, you know, the ground is, is quite important there at, uh, at Lingfield. So they've got a hard old job to race and then cover it all up. With, you know, they have to put it back. It would be dark, I should think, and then put the sheets on so that um, they don't get, um, so they don't, uh, you know, the frost doesn't get into it. Anyhow, a really good race um, at Lingfield Park in the 155. Um it's a race that's uh, just a handicap. It's a class three. And there's a bit of an improver in this race. And it's called uh, Diderot. Diderot, number one. It won the other day at Chelmsford. It's a horse that came over from France. Ferguson trains it. Musket rides it. And it came from Ireland, rather. Gia Lyons had it. And it's quite a nicely bred horse. Um, it was bred by Abdullah, actually. The exes of the late um, Khaled Abdullah. But beautifully bred and related to a couple of winners, including quite a good horse called Grand Jet that won plenty of races uh, in America. And Cressida, also quite a nice horse of Gosden. So it's called Diderot, and it's number one in the 155. No, I wouldn't back that. I would back my old favourite, Kaiser Souza, who's number two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like that one, don't you? I do. And as it you wins. see, he's, he's had a third already. He usually wins when he's fresh. He's got Holly Doyle yeah. on it. 
There you go, yeah, mate. Okay. Oh, you know, it's all there. It's all there. Kaiser Sosa, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Kaiser Sousa. Well, that's what they pronounce it on the tally. Kaiser Sousa. <laughs> so we're going to and so 2 30 now. We'll go on to the 2 30. Let's have a little lap. Can't say that. Have a little look at the 230. It looks a little bit hard. Looks a bit competitive for me. I'm going to give it a body swerve. Uh, okay. The 230, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, we can't tip in every race, can we? We want to give your listeners some nice winners the weekend. That's what we need to do. Um, right. Yeah, I think I've finished at Lingfood, I'll be honest. Um, the rest okay. of the racing there is a little bit on the competitive side, flat racing, time of year, one thing in the you know. So um, we'll move on to Ascot. I spoke to Mary, by the way, this week. All right, um, yeah. As much as she likes listening to you, she's a little bit sort of nervous coming on, um, talking to you. She said, I think we'll probably give that one a miss. She said, I'd rather listen than be on. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Mary, I hope you're well. Mary, I'm devastated to hear that. Absolutely <laughs> devastating. I knew you would be. I am. I, I was looking you. forward to it. Well, yeah. you never know. We might twist her arm, mightn't we? Yeah. We might twist her arm. She's well into a racing now. Well, so we might. Slip a few uh, gin and tonics down there and you never know what might happen. I think Mary likes a couple of gin and tonics. So no, it's a very good idea to make it a large one or something. Wouldn't yeah, you? yeah. I used to have a friend who was a <laughs> dentist who used to drink gin and tonics. And he'd come in and he'd yeah. go, mine's a large one. And everybody knew exactly what they had to buy him. He, would, he wasn't <laughs> satisfied with a single. He'd, mine's a large one. <laughs> yeah, some people like that, aren't they? Yeah. It's funny how they go, yeah, I just yeah. expect to get a great big one. Yeah. Yeah, funny. There you go. Anyway, Ascot, 12.35. Ascot, 12.35. Um, there's a horse running here that I missed, actually, when it won at Hereford the other day. Uh, I beat big boy Bobby. And it was a good price, really. It, um, Harry Redner owns it. It's called Haido. And it runs at, Herif, it runs at um, Ascot in the first race. And it ran pretty well in a couple of decent races. And then it came and won the other day. I, I can't believe it was 8-1. to one. But I think the main danger to it today is probably Irish Hill, a nice horse, Martin Broughton and Partners own with Paul Nichols that won uh, on its day before them at Torton beating Girondol as a winner in France um, for another trainer. So I, I would say that one is the one to beat. On to Ascot's 110. And um, oh, the competitive race, the handicap chase, Cat Tiger top weight, David Maxwell, uh, 11 stone 12. It's a very, very, very competitive race. But there's one of Gary Moore's again in this race. If he hit form, he could be all right. He jumps for fun. He's not a bad horse. They thought he'd be top class. Small each way, he's called Sussex Ranger in the 110. It's very competitive racing here at Ascot. And again, you know, I hope they don't get too hard a frost tonight. I think it is going to ease up a little bit tonight. So I think they'll probably be uh, nice and safe. Don't really fancy anything in the 145. But we'll move through to the 2.20. And uh, again, quite a competitive little race. Uh, anything for loves in this race for the Snowden Yard. Ran a good race when second sand down to Martello Sky the other day. White hot chilli, fairly back um, 
in the field. What did he uh, say about him? Did he quite like him in this race? He said and they've all up? they've all got a chance, but this uh, yeah. What was it? What we call it? Cornicello was the one that he told me to put my two pound fifty on. Uh, are you two pound fifty? Mm. I mean, two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, I see. Okay, fair yeah, play, yeah, fair yeah. play. Now the uh, the handicap chase, the big one at Ascot. Well, hang on a minute. Go back to the. Five. Hang on. Whoa. What about the two twenty then? You haven't given me anything. Yeah, no, I'm going to go for anything for love. Oh, right. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's one of the youngest in the race. I know Willie Mullins brings one over, but I think anything for love's got a good chance. Right. Okay. Um, right. Moving, on, moving on to the um, 255, I think Palmer's Hill can win. Um, trained by John Joe O'Neill, ridden by John Joe Jr. Of course, the distance went about 11 to 4 on my paper at the moment. Um, on my tissue, should I say, uh, in good form, owned by McManus, won't be far away. Now, the Clarence House Chase, what a race this is. We've got Shiskin, and we've got, uh, what is it called? Enigemini. Enigemini, I can't think how they pronounce that. And First Flo, who loves the track from the yard of uh, Kim Bailey, and uh, Skelton's got one in it as well. I think Shiskin will win. It's odds on, but I think Shiskin's a very, very good horse. And, um, you know, I, I like to see good horses keep winning. Yep. So, you know, let's keep the Irish away at this stage. <coughs> I'll probably come win everything at Cheltenham, but let's keep them away at this stage of the season. Um, last race on the card. What wins it? Well, again, it's a pretty competitive race. And I think probably John Joe might win this as well with quite nicely bred horse by Sean too called, and he got a bit with a neck after that, it's called Mombeg Genius and that's my lot, listeners uh, of tips for Well, you're a genius, racing. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, of course I might be, <laughs> if we have a win or two, we yeah. shall see but it is competitive Good, well, thank you Colin um, I, hope, I hope you on form, having had a, a you know a nice easy time in the last three weeks or four weeks, however yeah. long you've been in Sweden Yeah yeah, um, four. Mm. So, um, yeah. Get back into it. Good. Well, nice of you to join us, and thank you very much for coming on. And we'll speak to you next no week. Problem. Okay. We'll do that. You take care. Thank Have you. Well, that was Colin Brown. Okay. Well, it's time to catch up with our sponsors, Bresbet, and see what special offers they've got lined up for us this this week. And Sam is up up at Sheffield at Bresbet's head head office. Sam, what have you got for us this week? Anything interesting on the football front? Good afternoon, Aidy. Yeah, so we've got a couple of specials up this weekend. Uh, we've, we've come up early. Obviously, we like to do that for the weekend with the top mm. quality action. So on yeah. the football, obviously, everything's COVID permitting these days. But yeah. we, we appear to have an almost full fixture list. So what we've done tomorrow, the, the offer that we're leading with at the moment, and these will be accompanied by some other offers in the morning, We've done an enhanced double on Leeds and Manchester United both to win. Right. The the price on site is eleven to four, but we're giving that a boost to three to one for a fifty pound max bet. Right. That sounds interesting because I think Manchester United are nailed on myself, but then again, I've been a Man United supporter for fifty odd years, so um, I'd probably. Oh, it's been good and bad then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the moment it's been bad, but still, <laughs> we'll move on from there and. Um, uh, what about Chelsea and Spurs? 
Uh, no specials on site as of yet, but we'll be adding some as we go through tomorrow. Obviously, it seems like a big game. Chelsea a little bit out of sorts at the moment. Yeah. Couldn't quite get the win against Brighton the other night. And, I mean, Tottenham must be absolutely flying after getting the two goals in the 95th minute the other night. Yeah, If anything, is going to pick up your season, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, OK, well, we'll move on to horse racing. And, of course, uh, Saturday sees the Clarence House chase at Ascot. Um oh. What sort of prices have you got laid out for that? Yeah, so what we've got at the moment, I mean, it's an absolutely huge weekend of racing. I mean, this is the kind of race that I don't think anybody expected to see outside of the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. Now, our prices, our prices don't go live until the day of race. However, what we've done is we've put a special double on site that's actually on site now and it'll be on all site all the day tomorrow. Yeah. Let me say that again. It will be on site all day tomorrow. Uh, and what we've done is we've boosted two Nicky Anderson runners. Right. So we've got Shishkin in the big showdown against the Nergamine. But we've also got John Bond running at Haydock. Yeah. Um, very, very big talking horse so far. But he's backed it up with some big, big performances. Now, he's got a very lofty reputation. And I would imagine they would expect him to win this en route to a, a running the Supreme at Cheltenham. Yeah. So what we've done is we've boosted the Nicky Anderson double, which is Shishkin and John Bond. The price was eleven to eight. It will be thirteen to eight. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's for the double. That's an enhanced double. I think it's going to be very difficult to uh, separate Shishkin and. Uh... Energamine, I go with, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure somebody else will, will say it different. But no, for me, I, I, personally, at the prices that are floating around at the moment, I am a little bit surprised it, it's not closer. Yeah. I think almost Shishkin would have to almost be the favourite, just with it being on these shows. A couple of Willie Mullins, two miles, don't always travel. I mean, Shaqan Poursois, being testament to that last year, doesn't seem to enjoy his trips to England. No, that's right. But on what they've shown so far, they, they both look potential superstars. It wouldn't surprise me if one beat the other convincingly or if they were very tight at the finish. Well, you could always try the 100-1 to one on um, the Skelton's horse. Well, that's it. I mean, I, in, in my kind of prep for the weekend, the an outcome that it's not inconceivable is that these really try and turn it into a match and they take each other on early and they make the race a first flow. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. no mug his first flow. He's a good horse in his own right. And it, it it's almost a bit reminiscent of the Cato star Denman race when Imperial Commander beat them both. Yeah, yeah. And the Gold Cup, it seems everyone's concentrating on these two. But there's, there's another horse lurking in there that's certainly no mug. No, that's right, that's right. But I mean, Skelton's is a hundred to one. When we've only four runners, I mean, you know, I would have thought he could. There's always a chance he could come second. Who knows? So uh, you know, that's the things that happen. I mean, the way Amula Gold runs as well. Um, very, very patient tactics. The letter of the day for that one. Yeah. And you just never know. You, you only need a jockey to get a little bit twitchy and and start worrying about what the other one's doing. They can they can quite easily make it for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll move on to the tennis then. Um, we've lost Badakanu, I think. Again, yeah. it's another one. Yeah. <laughs> for debate. <laughs> Commentator's nightmare now. Um, and Andy, Andy Murray. Murray. Andy Murray. He's out. So um, yeah, what what prices have you got with the left the, the players that are left? Yeah, so I mean, ours, ours is just day to day offering. So there's no actual prices for the outright up at the moment. But yeah. what we did see anti post was, and and it's pretty unusual for the tennis grand slams, is that there was a lot more interest in the women's side of the draw than the men's. Now I put that down to kind of the, the whole furore around Djokovic. 
yeah. it, it really seems to have overshadowed the tournament. Um, and in a way, it almost feels like a bit of a changing of the guard potentially now with, with men's tennis. Obviously, there's no Federer. Murray's gone out. Djokovic wasn't allowed to participate. So it's kind of Nadal holding the fort for the old ones now. And there's a, there's a few young guns coming through who are, who are mm. priced a lot shorter. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, we, we're getting to a point now where things end and, and it kind of feels like that now. It wouldn't surprise me if, if this time next year... Djokovic is still taking part, but he, he might not be the fab that he was or would have been had he taken part this time. Yeah, yeah, quite. And on the golf front, of uh, course... On the women's... Oh, sorry, Ed, I was just going to touch on the women's, yeah. if that's all right. Yeah. Uh, on the women's, it, our book that we've got at Resbet is very, very heavily weighted towards the favourite. Ashley Barty's the the one that Punt has wanted yeah. and the one that we've got in the book. Uh, we, we're pretty much left in a place where any other result is a good one. But we'd we'd be looking to avoid Ashley Barty. But looking at the prices, she's she's definitely a warm order at the moment. Mm, okay, that's fair enough. So moving on to the golf, um, we've got the uh, DP Tour, the old European Tour, um, with the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. Have you got any specific prices for that? What about Rory McIlroy, for example? So at the moment, due to it being in play, AD, we don't have prices up for that one. We do the PGA Tour tonight, but because Abu Dhabi is in play at the moment, we the prices aren't currently on site. Uh, however, it's it's been a really, really popular betting heat for us. I would say outside of the Masters, it's probably the busiest tournament we've had uh, since yeah. we started at Resbet. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. been there's been a lot of business and and spread around through quite a lot of different selections as well. Um, out of the players that still look in contention, the the two to avoid for us are Ian Poulter and Adam Scott. Now, Poulter, the last time I looked just before coming up here, was he was joint leader. Um, so he, he definitely the one we'd be looking to avoid. But there's so many people in contention, it looks like we're going to set up for a real good Sunday, really. Yeah, yeah, it sounds that way, doesn't it? It does. Well, good. Look, Sam, that's brilliant, mate. Thank you very much for that. And I take it the message is, is obviously, if if we haven't discussed it on air now, have a look at the Bresbet uh, website and all the prices will be up there that uh, you want to see. And don't forget to listen out for the Bresbet specials on the racing show every Friday at 7 o'clock here on Three Valleys Radio. And their website, just in case you've forgotten, it's www.bresbet.com. And now we welcome a newcomer to our show. It's Mr Milton Harris. Okay, well, good good afternoon, Milton. Thank you ever so much for joining us on the show. Um, another Bresbet uh, associate, so that's nice to keep it all in the family, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're pleased to be associated with them. They're, they're sponsoring the yard, and um, and we're, they've obviously joined at the right time because we're, we're we're firing in a few winners at relatively high-profile races, and hopefully we're helping them get a bit of exposure. Yeah, well, I gather you've been doing rather well lately. Um, in particular, I wanted to mention um, Silver Shade, is it? Yeah, we like him. He only ran last week for the first time for, for us. A new, a new owner to our yard, although somebody I've known for probably a couple of years who um, was a previous owner elsewhere, had a had a good experience but was unfortunately tamed by losing his horse. And that, because he loves his animals, left a, a difficult taste for a while for him. Yeah. But um, he, 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 he's now back in the fold. And, um, and, I, and I, I kept... It's quite nice because I kept telling him for quite a while that this is a nice horse. And, of course... I was convinced it was, but they've still got to do it on the track. And um, so for him, it was quite a good day and, and, and a special day to get him back into the sport and with, with a good taste in the mouth, I suppose. Absolutely. But you, you think he's got a, a, a live chance in the Triumph Hurdle then? 
Well, he's it's early days yet because we've got another good horse here called Knight Salute, which will go for the Trifurdal. Mm-hmm. But um, they're, they're independent owners of each other, and if they've both got equal, you know, both got opportunities, they'll both run. So, at the moment, um, the plan with uh, Silver Shade is all being well. He came back with a little cut from the racing, nothing major. He'll go to Cheltenham on the 29th, which is literally eight, nine days' time, yeah. and run in the triumphal trial if he's okay, and I think he will be okay. So that's our sort of um, our, our, our target. Right, right. Well, uh, and then we consider the triumph after that. Now, you're based in Gloucestershire, yeah? No, no, we're based in Wiltshire. Oh, Wiltshire. I don't know why I got the idea it was Gloucestershire. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would originally have been from the Gloucestershire area, but... Um, we've, we moved down to Wiltshire here probably um, oh, two, two and a half years ago. We came back and didn't train for seven or eight years. So we back, we're down in Sutton Veeney and we came here two and a half years ago thereabouts with eight horses. Yeah. And we're up to, I don't know, 50 to 60, I suppose. It does, it's some, often people ask me how many we've got. Well, it, it isn't as simple because we've got so many in and then we've got some that are having breaks that will come back. And, um, yeah. you know, so it, it, it isn't... Um, We've got 50 to 60 horses in our care, at which any one time, at the moment, I think we've got 45 or so actually in stables. Now, tell me something, Milk, because I've had had this conversation with Colin Tizard. He's got about 150-odd horses over there. And, well, he and, always was greedy, that Colin. Yeah, and, and I said to him, look, <laughs> can you, um, you know, how, he says, oh, well, that's, that's Native River and that's Long Lost, whoever they were. And I said, well, that, can you yeah. tell all of the horses? Oh, yeah, he said, I can tell every single one. Can you tell every single one of your horses without, you know, just as they rush past you? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say to you, yes. Some of my young staff would say no. So, <laughs> broadly speaking, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly can tell them by looking at them when we're in the school and we're looking at them in, in some detail. When they're flashing by at 40 miles an hour, sometimes there's one or two that look quite similar. Yeah. But no, we know. Listen, they, and, and they're like people, yeah. you know. Um, they have their own characteristics, whether they pull hard, they don't pull hard, whether they might lean a bit left. So you get to know the character of the horse, you know? Yeah. Now, you do flat and jumping. Um, what sort of percentage split is it? Oh, it? We do jumping. I wouldn't say as an afterthought. We, we, we probably 90% jumping, 95%. But that's we like the flat. It isn't. This is a jumping community. We have predominantly jumping owners. Yeah. We, if I trained on the flat, if I had my time again, would I train more flat horses? Yes, I would, purely because of the injury ratio. We get less injuries than the flat. Yeah. Um, and I probably would like two yards because actually it's quite nice having young horses coming through. But look, my heart, I, I do think the two types of owners are quite different. Uh, the, the, you know, a grown man will win the Cheltenham Gold Cup and, and burst into tears and cry like a baby. Uh, somebody will win the derby and shake hands and, and say, yeah. well, then old chap, it's a different... Yeah. Att- it's a, the flat is more business. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, quite. But how many flat horses do you do you run then usually? Well, we have a lot of dual purpose, so we'll buy flat horses to go jumping, mm-hmm. and then we run them back on the flat. So, so this summer probably, I suspect we'll have up to twenty flat horses that we'll run. But some of those will be dual purpose. Yeah, we won't we won't have many specific flat horses. No. We might have a half a dozen. What I would call that are flat horses. You know. Yeah. So um, you'd be up for talking to us on a, on a fairly regular basis because we've got very few trainers at the yes, moment no that are um, no, no, flat orientated, you know? Well, they'll be, they'll be mostly here like Colin, for example. I, I suspect Colin out of 150 might have two or three flat horses, but he'd probably be similar to me. He'd have horses he's bought from the flat to go jump in, yeah. but they'll run back on the flat, you know, given the right opportunity. Well, that's right, yeah. Yeah, look, we're happy to, we're happy to help as much as we can, keep people informed. 
Good. Well, uh, that's brilliant. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're happy, I'll, I'll give you a ring from time to time, sort of, I don't know, yep. once every two or three weeks, just to sort of have a catch up, really, and see, you know, what, how yeah, things are that's going. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. If that's okay yep, with you. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, of course it is. And we've obviously got Charlton Festival coming up in, the, yeah, you know, not too distant future. Charlton this weekend and or next weekend rather, and then and then it's all we're bubbling up now to the end of the season. So, like everybody else, we've got not as many as Colin probably at the moment to go to the festival, but. You know, we've got a few to go there, hopefully, yeah. and, and of course, we hope we get them there in one piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an exciting time as you build up to it, isn't it? Really, and you know. Yeah, course... very much. So. And I think for for punters alike, for owners alike, for trainers alike, for jockeys, everybody's looking for. Look, we sent a horse up today to market race, and we sent it up yesterday. She's very good. She was in a listed bumper. The owners are from one of the owners from Corm, two of the owners from Cornwall. They've driven up. And of course, it's been abandoned an hour before the first race, so those oh. can be quite frustrating. Oh, that is, isn't it? Yeah. I was just about to say, is it going to win? So obviously the answer is no. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's, hey, it's still unbeaten. It's had one run for me and one. So as we speak, he's on its way home, but it's still unbeaten. No, oh, well, that's fair enough then, isn't it? Well, look, Milton, thank yeah. you ever so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And we will try and get back to you on a sort of fairly regular basis if you're happy with that. That's no, that's no problem at all, anytime you like. Lovely job. Thanks, Milton. Speak to you again. Well, that was Milton Harris, who's also involved with our sponsors, of course, and that's Bresbet. But it brings to an end uh, a pretty lengthy racing show. I hope you've enjoyed all the contents. Hope there's plenty of winners there for you. And I hope you'll join us again next week at 7 o'clock here on Three Valleys Radio.